Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. When were the... What school's up? Who decides what the next... Where's that story? Why they keep the loop? What is this? It's Curious City. Where WBEZ answers your questions... About Chicago, the region, and its people. Hey, I'm Jesse Dukes, Curious City's audio producer. And I have to admit, when I moved to Chicago a year ago, I had never heard of today's topic. Actually, our question asker, Nick Levy, was in the same boat when he moved here back in 2004. He was nine. I moved to Chicago. I was going into fifth grade. Actually, he was in Oak Park. There was this holiday that I saw on the calendar. I couldn't even pronounce it. And I asked my parents, and they also didn't know because they're both from New England. Have you figured out what Nick's getting at? The holiday was Casimir Pulaski Day. And in Oak Park, according to Nick, nobody talked about who Casimir Pulaski was. It was just a day off. Never, no one talked about it outside of, yeah, no. So Nick wanted Curious City to figure out the origins of Casimir Pulaski Day. He's into history, so he already knew Pulaski was a revolutionary war hero from Poland, and he knew there's a lot of Polish people in Chicago. But how did this particular hero come to have his own state holiday? Nick's guess is that it happened in the 70s or 80s. There was this kind of climate in the U.S. of not just of ethnic tolerance, but of like celebration of different cultures in cities across America. I feel like that kind of started in the 70s. Nick's on the right track. And to answer the question, we'll visit the community behind the holiday, Polish Americans. And we'll get into the politics that made it happen. But before all that, we need to understand the man, Kazimierz Pulaski. He was a Polish nobleman who, beginning as a teenager, fought in a series of wars to keep the neighboring nations, especially Russia, from annexing Poland. The wars went badly for the Polish patriots, and by 1775, Pulaski found himself in Paris, exiled, broken, at loose ends. He uh, was invited by Benjamin Franklin to come to the United States to fight on the side of the revolution. This is Dominic Pesiga, a historian who specializes in Polish-American history. He says Pulaski saw the American Revolution as a kind of extension of Poland's fight for independence. And uh, there was this revolutionary spirit. The Enlightenment was going on. I mean, soon there was going to be the French Revolution. Uh, So a lot of these people were wrapped up in this kind of revolutionary fervor that was going through the, the West at this time, and they ended up in the United States. The problem was, most of these European idealists were not actually good soldiers. So at first... George Washington was skeptical of Pulaski, but he quickly proved himself at the battles of Brandywine and Germantown. Some people say he saved Washington's life. And in any case, Washington made him a general and the head of the cavalry, and he became kind of a rock star. This was a dashing young officer who, you know, was handsome and, uh, and a brilliant tactician. But only a year and a month later, Pulaski was fatally wounded in Savannah, Georgia. So that's Kazimierz Pulaski, the man. But there wouldn't be a holiday without a Polish-American community. 
and there probably wouldn't have been a Polish-American community if Poland hadn't been swallowed by its neighbors, Russia, Austria, and Prussia, with a P. Poles started coming to Chicago in the 1860s, and not everybody welcomed them. They're from the other Europe. They have the names that nobody can pronounce. They're not Protestant. They're not white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. There's a good deal of anti-Polish prejudice at the time. So even in the 19th century, Poles were using Casimir Pulaski as a symbol to assert... No, we have just as much of an investment in America as, as anybody else does. So that's the 19th century. But what about today? To find out, I head to the Polish Museum of America in Chicago. The managing director, Malgorzata Kot, and two volunteers, and the archivist, show me four floors of Polish and Polish-American documents. And, and here you have the two copies of the original letter that we have of Pulaski. And artifacts. And a 15-foot-wide painting. The place that you have the stage, we have the great Pulaski uh, at Savannah painting. The painting shows the moment Pulaski was mortally wounded in Savannah. His horse is rearing up, and Pulaski's teeth are clenched in pain and determination. Every Pulaski day, the museum conducts a ceremony right here. Mayors and governors have attended. For us, it's a, it's a holiday. It's a holiday in the middle of brutal Chicago and winter that we feel important and that we feel being acknowledged. Malgorzata Kot grew up in a Poland dominated by the Soviet Union. She came here shortly after Poland finally freed itself. She says the Polish community here relates to Pulaski because he was a soldier. He struggled for freedom, for acceptance. It's our symbol, Kazimierz Pulaski. It's symbol of a Pole who risked it all to come here and to fight for our for your freedom and ours. And that's why it's important to Polish-Americans that Chicago and Illinois recognize Pulaski's contributions. But wanting recognition is one thing. Making it happen politically is something else. The Polish-American Congress began lobbying for Kazimierz Pulaski Day in the 1970s. They got a commemorative day passed in 1977, but it wasn't a school or government office holiday. That came in 1985. This is Senator Thaddeus Lekowitz speaking in favor of Kazimir Pulaski Day in the state Senate, read by an actor. Every ethnic group, every racial group, has a person or persons that they see have contributed to an extra degree in making this country great. Kazimir Pulaski feels that need for Polish Americans. I think that this has a lot to do with sort of the desire of the white ethnic community to have a white ethnic hero day. Historian Dominic Pesiga again. And a note on the term white ethnic. We don't use it much these days, but it used to refer to non-Protestant white people, including Poles, but also Italians, Jews, Irish, Greeks, people from the other Europe. Dominic Pesiga sees a significance in the timing of this push for a white ethnic holiday. This was 1985. A national Martin Luther King holiday had already been approved by Congress, and everyone knew it was going into effect the next year. So in Illinois, Casimir Pulaski Day got traction in the legislature because... Because I think the King holiday had already been passed. I mean, uh, this was seen as, well, all right, we did this, now we're going to do that. Uh, This is going to make everybody happy. And in fact, Senator Lekowitz pretty much says that in his speech. And hopefully, as I supported Martin Luther King Day because I thought he was a great American and he represented his people in an extraordinary manner, I would hope that you would support Kazimierz Pulaski. 
One person who did not support Casimir Pulaski Day is retired state senator Calvin Schooneman. He raised concerns about the proposed holiday back in 1985. And 30 years later, he hasn't changed. I think we have enough of those holidays. Schooneman was from western Illinois, and he says, No disrespect to Casimir Pulaski, but this was something Chicago politicians pushed on the rest of the state. I always viewed this as, you know, a, a local political issue. It was good politics for them. But there certainly was no demand for recognizing Casimir Pulaski in my district. Nevertheless, the bill passed. And all of Illinois got the first Monday in March as a day off from public schools. Casimir Pulaski Day. But if you're currently a public school kid or parent, you probably know this. The school holiday has been chipped away. In 1995, the legislature decided individual school districts could opt out. At first, it was some of the downstate districts that chose to stay open on Pulaski Day. But by 2009, 74% of the districts across the state had abandoned the holiday. Then in 2012, Pulaski lost the big one. During negotiations between Mayor Emanuel and the Chicago Teachers Union, Chicago Public Schools dropped Pulaski Day. When that happened, many Polish Americans felt disrespected, even hurt. People left angry comments on the news stories. I spoke to another Polish-American who isn't necessarily hurt, but does feel like the schools lost something important when they got rid of the holiday. James Paskowitz is a retired public school teacher. He spent 30 years in predominantly African-American schools on Chicago's South Side. He remembers when Casimir Pulaski Day was announced. It felt good. As a teacher, it also presented an opportunity for me to uh, engage the students in conversation about it. Paskowitz told his students about hearing his grandmother speak Polish growing up and about how his mother worried about the stigma of being Polish. I can distinctly recall her saying, if anybody asks you what you are, tell me you're American. Don't tell them you're Polish. I don't want them to think you're a DP, a displaced person. And he got teased by kids in school because of his Polish name. They said, hey, you're a dumb Polak. Hey, are you a DP? Uh, when'd your mom get off the boat? And it was very hurtful. When I relayed those stories to the students, they could understand it and what they went through and what their parents went through, what they were told about uh, race and how people have been discriminated against. Paskowitz is not drawing a direct parallel between his childhood and those of black kids on the South Side. But when he talked about this stuff, the kids could relate to him. And that made him a more effective teacher. Plus, they got a chance to learn more about the town where they grew up. And he thinks it's a shame to lose that. Historian Dominic Pesiga says that while, yes, it is sad in a way, this is just a part of what happens to immigrant cultures. Many Polish-Americans have assimilated. Something like 75 or 80 percent of all Polish-Americans now live in the suburbs instead of in Chicago. And when you all lived in Chicago, you had a lot of political clout. When you live in 100 or 200 different municipalities, your political clout is fragmented. So come on back home and we'll get Pulaski Day back. Or to put it another way... As Polish Americans have become increasingly just Americans, that ethnic identity, as represented by Casimir Pulaski Day, it still matters, but not as much as it used to. Thanks to Nick Levy, our question asker, who was surprised to learn Chicago kids don't take off Pulaski Day anymore. And he feels like it's something special that his generation will always associate with growing up in Chicago. Reporting this week came from me, Jesse Dukes. 
Support for Curious City comes from the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism. And one last thing. Curious City has a live event coming up on March 30th at the Old Town School of Folk Music in Lincoln Square. It's all about disasters in Chicago. Some natural and some man-made. We'd love to see you there. Get your tickets at wbez.org slash events. Next time on WBEZ's Curious City. When some people think of architecture in Chicago, they picture the flying buttresses of the Tribune building, the creamy white terracotta of the Wrigley building, but... If this historic architecture in Chicago is so celebrated, why didn't they continue designing in that beautiful, wonderful way? A showdown between classic and modern architecture. Next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Meantime, it was chaos today at the Chicago City Council. A Chicago cop with a controversial past is running for judge. Other times you're looking for a deeper understanding of what's going on in the city. Wow, that's so, no one has asked me that question. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts or at wbez.org slash rundown. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.